Coming up on Jerusalem Dateline, traveling Israel with Scott Ross. We'll see what life is like for Israeli Jews living on the border of Gaza and hear from a military hero who played an important role in the reunification of Jerusalem. Israelis on the street give Scott their opinions about the 1967 Six-Day War. And we'll visit a first-century synagogue in Galilee where Jesus might have prayed. All this and more on this edition of Jerusalem Dateline. Hello and welcome to this special edition of Jerusalem Dateline. I'm Julie Stahl. Today we're taking you on what we're calling the Scott Ross Israel Tour. I have the pleasure of working with him on these stories and invariably Scott brings a unique perspective in his encounters with the people and places inside Israel. Our first story looks at the reality Jewish families face living in communities along the Gaza border. Recently, about a million Israelis were pummeled by hundreds of rockets from the Gaza Strip. Scott showed us what it's like to live in a place where Hamas is your neighbor. Eliyahu McLean lives just seven miles from the border of the Hamas-controlled Gaza Strip. He gives the Gaza border reality tour and told me about the most recent challenges facing residents there. What construction is going on here now? So Israel is in the process of building across the 45-kilometer border from the northern Gaza all the way to the Egyptian border, an underground barrier. Because right here is where some of the underground tunnels mm -hmm. were built by Hamas and the fighters popped up here. So up to 50 yards deep, all the way to the underground aquifer, Israel is drilling holes, filling it with cement. And in between the different cement pillars are sensors. Basically, they're creating an impenetrable underground barrier that no tunnel make it under. The most recent border disruptions for more than a year include massive violent protests and fire kites or balloons. This is one of the kites that is is that was sent over the border from Gaza. Gaza. You can see on the edge it's it's a kerosene yeah. piece of cloth that they lit on fire. If you look closely you see the Arabic writing and this kite the idea was that it would land in a field or a forest across Israeli border and light things aflame. Does it work? Unfortunate reality is that we've lost hundreds of thousands of dollars of uh, agricultural produce. Whoa. We've had thousands and tens of thousands of acres of national parkland totally burned to the ground. Sometimes it's in the form of balloons. It's very hard to tell children, you see balloons in the sky, you yeah. want to run after right, it, right. that there might be a warhead on the end of the balloon. The idea is that we on this side are going to send kites back with a message of peace. That we in Israel didn't come to displace you from a country called Palestine. We came back home to the Holy Land. Not to be in a constant war with our neighbors, but to live in peace with our neighbors. Good overcomes evil. Good overcomes evil. Our final stop was one of the fields burned by a kite or a balloon just two weeks earlier. What's the distance from that area of Gaza to where we well, are? Well, we're near the Carney crossing. We're literally from the Sajaya neighborhood of Gaza and the closed Carney terminal less than a mile, maybe half a mile. Why is this so important? First of all, this is huge losses to the agricultural sector right. in Israel. This is also a statement that we're in essence going to burn what we can't have for ourselves. If we can't have it for ourselves, we're going to burn it. And also, it's a statement of desperation that the people there are suffering under a leadership that's squelching freedom. 
on the other side of the border. So it's in some essence also a message of cry for help and a desperation. Are you hopeful? Ultimately, out of the ashes comes a new light, a new spirit will emerge. And that new spirit is the spirit of determination, the spirit of prayer, the yes. spirit of hope in the midst of uh, a, a campaign of fear. Peace and love will prevail. That's the you idea. You believe that? Hashalom yenatzeach. I do believe I'm praying for peace in every prayer that I say, every single day, over yeah. and over again, that the creator of the universe, the God of yes. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob yes. will hear our prayers and not allow us to be driven from this land, but to allow us to flourish in this land. Our destiny is to live as neighbors, whether we like it or not, we are neighbors. So we want the elements of hope and democracy and equality and dignity to prevail and not fear and hatred and separation. Scott Ross for CBN along the Israeli-Gaza border. Coming up, Scott talks with an Israeli hero who played a crucial role in the 1967 Six-Day War. Attacks on Jewish lives, communities, and synagogues. The Jewish nation has survived war. I was so scared. Terrorism. And saw my husband covered in blood. And waves of anti-Semitism. It's a message of killing Jews. Now is the time to defend Israel's basic right to exist. And you can do that through CBN Israel. When you send a gift to the Jewish people through CBN Israel, you are giving humanitarian aid to Israelis in need. And at the same time, you are providing news coverage and documentaries that reveal what is really happening in Jerusalem and the Middle East. Attacks against Israel are ongoing. The need is urgent, and you can help. Call 1-800-813-8734. Go to cbn.com slash standwithisrael or text CBN Israel to 41444. Download the CBN News app 24-7 news from a Christian perspective at home or on the road. One place for all of your news. Breaking news alerts. Set daily prayer goals and pray for news stories. Read the most important news and watch CBN News Channel Live. CBN News, because truth matters. Go to cbnnewsapp.com to get the app today. In all of history, there have been few men like him. He was a prophet, a gifted psalmist, a feared warrior, and a revered king. Gain spiritual insights for your life from the life of King David in Pat Robertson's newest audiobook, The Shepherd King. Coming May 8th. In our next story, Scott visited with a man who not only played a pivotal role in Israel's Six Day War, but also in developing Israel's current economy. Take a look. Arik Akmon was the chief intelligence officer for the 55th Paratrooper Brigade during the Six-Day War. I have exactly 10 hours to prepare a unit to war. Usually, to make our operation in Jerusalem, you need about 40 hours. It's a craziness for an intelligence officer to El Arish, we have three weeks. Here, 10 hours. 
As one of the soldiers who reunited Jerusalem, Akmon was honored at the Jerusalem premiere of the CBN docudrama In Our Hands, The Battle for Jerusalem. I talked with Akmon at his Tel Aviv home about the war and his life. When you entered the city for the first time in, the, what, a millennium, how did that feel to you? I mean, that was an absolute historic moment. I was very busy. Mm-hmm. We was after three days of very, very hard fight. Basically, I do not think about history. I was think about doing our job. But I must tell you that when we, the two of us, and with us, ten comrades of the commanding unit of the brigade, came to the mount, that was the first time I feel that I have participated in something special. But to say the truth, I was very sad. Why? Because 95 of our comrades mm. dead in this mm. fight. The mixture of uh, these two feelings is living in me until today. And that was only the beginning of Akmon's contribution to Israel. Arik Akmon, who was one of the first Israeli paratroopers uh, into the old city, Uh, in 1967 and actually led the crossing of the Suez Canal in the Yom Kippur War of 1973. Author Yossi Klein Halevi wrote about Akmon in his six-day war book, Like Dreamers. He told me how Akmon played the role of hero more than once. Now you talk about the transformation of Israel from an agrarian society to a a high-tech superpower. And Arik Akmon, the guy who led the crossing of the canal, starts off as a boy living on one of these radical socialist kibbutzim, little agrarian settlement. He leaves the kibbutz and ends up becoming the CEO of Israel's domestic airline. Israel's economy was socialist in those years. He fights the trade unions and he creates the first privatized company in the state of Israel and opens the way to the high-tech free economy that we have today. So for me, Arik Achmon is a multiple hero. While Achmon left the kibbutz at age 40, he never forgot what he learned there. Until today, I think, the kibbutzim built Israel. Where did you get the vision to move beyond kibbutzim life into a broader economy and developing beyond just the socialist idea? My values is still there in the kibbutz. I believe in free economy that uh, mingled with a social responsibility. Money is very, very, very important things, but not all. Mm-hmm. It's uh, values that more important than money. If the economy hadn't changed to a free economy, do you think that Israel would have survived? I think that uh, the Israeli economy is a miracle. In such extreme circumstances, to be one of the leading economies in the world. For Akmon, even with Israel's great development, he's troubled by divisions among his people. What about your enemies who don't think you have a right to exist? The enemies is enemies. We're strong enough to look after ourselves. Mm-hmm. The enemy of Israel is in us, inside us, not outside. The future for this country now, you were a man of vision, you've been a man of vision. What's your vision for Israel now? I believe 
in the eternity of the Jewish people. We have to get over this conflict and believe in it. I'm not sure that I will live <laughs> until this day, but I believe in it. We will overcome. Scott Ross for CBN News in Tel Aviv. Well, think about Israel's six-day war more than 50 years after it happened. Now, for a limited time, you can get five of CBN's critically acclaimed documentaries. Experience the rebirth of the modern state of Israel. The historic bonds between the Jewish people and the land of Israel cannot be broken. Relive the battle for Jerusalem in the Six-Day War. Jerusalem is yours forever. Discover how Israeli volunteers are changing the world. When people need us, we volunteer and we come and help. Explore the world of Israeli technological innovation. We're people of dreams. God gives us dreams. And that's really the roots, I think, of, of much of our innovation. And understand the biggest land dispute in history. Many Palestinian Arabs claim that the Jews stole Arab land. But is that the real story? This exclusive Israel DVD collection can be yours for a gift of $29.99 or more. Call now or go online to get your Israel DVD bundle, which includes streaming access. Here, we're committed to a heritage of rigorous scholarship dating back over a thousand years. And to a faith tradition dating back a thousand more. This is how we create a culture of inquiry where no topic is off limits. And a culture of hope. Anything's possible! It's Christian leadership. And it's changing the world for the better. It's higher learning. It's greater knowing. It's what makes us whole. It's what makes us region. Introducing the all-new Superbook Academy Express. A special series hosted by Gizmo, featuring a full-length Superbook episode, plus so much more. Included with every Academy Express is a special family resource guide filled with scriptures, coloring pages, and other fun-filled activities. Join the CBN Animation Club today and get this exciting new DVD, plus two copies to share with others, all for your gift of only $25. Nobody takes it to the streets like Scott, so he wanted to hear the thoughts of Israelis on Israel's Six-Day War in 1967. Strong opinions weren't hard to find. I was in New York, yeah. and it was an extraordinary situation. All the troops were lined up, NASA's troops. We thought we were losing Israel forever. We thought it was really a Goliath story. NASA was ready to annihilate us. After just three days, Israeli forces routed the Jordanians, reuniting eastern and western Jerusalem, including the Old City and Temple Mount. What do you know about the, the, the Six-Day War historically? Obviously, it's hugely significant for, the, for all Jews. Yeah. Because it seems to be a seminal event. I remember it like it was yesterday. I was 20 years old. I remember well at that time. Were you? Were you in the military? Yeah. I was a young lieutenant in Golani Infantry Division in the north, in the Golan Heights. Really? Yeah. Did you fight in the war? Yeah. What's I your memory in, of that? I was even held here. What's that from a, a shell? A shell? Yeah. Yavor Paro, Gamze Navor. We overcame Pharaoh. We'll also overcame whatever this is next to us. Well, the Six Days War is like, a, it's almost like a myth, I think, in the Israeli society of today. Why? 
It was a sign of Israel's strength and ability to defend itself against all odds. It's sort of like Israel's military DNA is almost based on the Six Days War. It's a very important war right. in the history of Israel. Do people your age appreciate that? I think so, yeah. We all know that it's one of the biggest, biggest moments of the, in the history of the Jewish state. You might think such a victory after 2,000 years would leave no room for discussion. But the big win prompted demands that Israel turn over eastern Jerusalem to Palestinians, dividing the city as the potential capital of two states. I talked to Israelis and Jewish people in Tel Aviv and Jerusalem. What about the possibility of Jerusalem being divided? How do you feel about that? Never, ever. It will never happen because, you know, now, after so many years, finally we realize the plan of God. You believe in God? Oh, yes. And the plan is to put us in Jerusalem, the Jews, to bring us back to Jerusalem so we can protect what is so precious to the human race. Give them half. <laughs> really? <laughs> Just give them half, yeah. yeah, yeah. I think in Tel Aviv you'll find more left-wing people that say, who cares about a piece of ground as long as the blood stops? It's a shame. Any Israeli is saying such a thing, it must be a shame. Jerusalem is... City of David is the most important place on earth for the Israelis, for the Jewish. We got it thousands of years ago from, from God, and it's our only place in, on, on earth. I think uh, we have kind of mixed feelings, because from one uh, side of the story, of course, we're happy that we got uh, Jerusalem, all Jerusalem, and that people are permitted to go to both parts. But I, from the other side, I see the suffering of the, the Palestinians on the east side of Jerusalem. I certainly believe that Jerusalem is the eternal capital of the Jewish people. According to former President Bill Clinton's Camp David peace accords from the 90s, Eastern Jerusalem and the Old City would be divided along ethnic lines. Jewish neighborhoods to Jews, Arab neighborhoods to Arabs. No way. It's no. very difficult. If you go to East Jerusalem, you have one Arab neighborhood, one Jewish neighborhood, one Arab. I wish we could all live in peace, but dividing Jerusalem is not a possibility. Do you think it would bring peace? I would like to think so, but I, I really don't think so. I think uh, some parts of Jerusalem should be for all uh, nations. Like the Kotel should be, of course, for the Jews, but I don't think that uh, we need East Jerusalem. You don't think you need it? No. The dividing of Jerusalem is about destroying the state of Israel. Dividing Jerusalem is about pushing us a little further in the direction of the Mediterranean Sea. Arabs can walk here now all the way to the market freely. Try to go now to the East Jerusalem with the flag, what's going to happen? Well, First of all, the police going to tell me get out because you escalated and you agitated. You wouldn't be happy about the city being divided then? Definitely not. It has to be unified, but in our way. And does God enter into the equation? I think there's no question that Jerusalem is the city of David. God has watched over Jerusalem for millennia, for 3,000 years. This is the most important city in the world. You pray for the peace of Jerusalem? Yeah. Yes, you, of you course. Think that you think you'll get an answer to that prayer? I hope so. Right? Otherwise, I wouldn't pray. Scott Ross reporting from Jerusalem and Tel Aviv. Up next, we'll travel to the Galilee where Scott visits the excavation site of a synagogue from the first century. Thank you for watching Jerusalem Dayline. We're committed to providing you with unbiased reporting from the Holy Land through weekly broadcasts, podcasts, and online media 
Our vision is to reach millions around the globe with the true story of what's happening in Israel and the Middle East, all from a biblical and prophetic perspective. This is a big vision and is only made possible by the generous support of people like you. Call us toll-free at 1-800-700-7000 or go to cbn.com slash Jerusalem Dateline and make a donation that will help spread the light of truth about Israel throughout the world. Orphans Promise is committed to loving and serving at-risk children, to helping keep families together, and to creating opportunities for strong and sustainable communities around the world. We're working in over 60 countries around the world, and with your help, we can do even more. There's an old African proverb I love that says, if you want to run fast, run alone. But if you want to run far, run together. At Orphan's Promise, we want to run far so we can touch the lives of as many orphaned and vulnerable children as possible. But we don't want to go alone. We're out to change the world, one child, one family, one community at a time. Will you join us? home to the sounds of Southern Gospel from CBN Radio. You'll enjoy a rich Southern blend of bluegrass, classic gospel, and Southern Gospel favorites like the Gaithers, the Crab Family, and bluegrass sounds like Mountain Faith. So make yourself at home with the all-new CBN Southern Gospel, now available at CBNRadio.com. Introducing a brand new way to start your morning. Get your daily quick start from CBN News. A quick read on the important news of the day delivered right to your inbox. Stay current on breaking news, politics, and entertainment. Discover how God is moving around the world and here at home. Plus, get exclusive stories and daily scripture encouragement just for you. Stay informed. Go to quickstart.news and subscribe today. One of Scott's favorite subjects has always been the pursuit of God. In a place in the Galilee called Magdala, he saw how it looked in the ancient world. That's where archaeologists discovered a first century synagogue in which Jesus himself could have prayed and taught. Located on the western shore of the Sea of Galilee, Magdala sits at a crossroad of Jewish and Christian history. Magdala is very significant already just in general culture. One of the most known figures of Christian discipleship is Mary of Magdala. Mm -hmm. uh, what's the importance of Magdala for the Jewish people? It's a first century town and a very significant excavation in the first century for the Jewish culture. In 2005, Father Juan Solana initiated the Magdala Project to highlight the ministry of Jesus and an opportunity to honor women of faith. They broke ground in 2009, and what happened next, Father Eamon Kelly describes as providence. We bought this piece of land, and then to find it in Magdala, the land, and not just on any hill around the Sea of Galilee, and then you start digging with two prayers, Lord, spare us from archaeology. 
because <laughs> it's an expensive hobby. And then a big delay for all the project. The second prayer was, if you do give us archaeology, give us something good. And so we find this incredible discovery of a first century synagogue. Seated in the synagogue, Father Kelly told me about some of the features that make it so amazing. So we're in a very big room. And we see it's organized with two rows of seating here in the central part. And we have another row of seating inside the outer walls. This is a space that's not a family home. It's a very ornate community room that has this mosaic and the frescoes. And the mosaic has two parts, the rosette mosaic with the three colors. But now the specialists are telling us there are 26 colors in the mosaic. And then we have the unending pattern, which shocks some people. But they say this was also in the temple in Jerusalem. And then we have the Magdala stone right bang here. This is the place where we found it. Now this and the one out there is our copies. It's considered and treasured by many archaeologists on the level of the Dead Sea Scrolls in terms of archaeological importance. Archaeologist Moti Aviam proposed the theory of the Magdala stone resembling the second temple of Jesus' day. And I suggested that what we have here is some kind of a model symbolic of the temple in Jerusalem. We have the, the menorah, we have the altar, the golden altar, we have the showbread table, and we have a scene into the Holy of Holies. Because of the commandment against graven images, Aviam says the choice was to portray God symbolically in a divine chariot. Mm. As it is in the book of Zechariah and many other books from the second temple period, which gives us a description of the chariot on which God is riding. So what is the significance then of, of Magdala going back in biblical history? Magdala today gives the largest view archaeologically of the time of Jesus. While there's no physical evidence that Jesus visited Magdala, Father Kelly says the signs are there. Scott, every day every group asks me this question, was Jesus here? Was he in this synagogue? Was he in Magdala? And I say, we don't know because we lost all the videos. <laughs> Jesus was surely present in Galilee, right. and this is on the path from Nazareth to Capernaum. Right. There's a port here, and he's always crossing the lake. This is a mecca for the Galilean Sea and fishermen. At Magdala, the Duke Al-Azim Center, is a place for people of different faiths to worship. Its Latin name is taken from Luke, where Jesus tells Peter to launch into the deep. The atrium is designed to honor the Jewish women who followed Jesus in the New Testament. Four smaller chapels include mosaics illustrating biblical events. And in the boat chapel, a unique boat-shaped altar overlooks the Sea of Galilee. When the gospel is proclaimed up there at the microphone, it looks like Jesus is preaching again to us from the boat. Imagine you're having liturgy here, prayer, oh, and the right. boats are going by. It allows people to get into the moment of the gospel happenings. And downstairs is the Encounter Chapel, where Father Kelly says he believes God is healing divisions between Christians and the Jewish community. This is part of the road of the first century port. So you know the names of many first century fishermen? <laughs> so who walked on this street? Yes. Now if Jesus came to Magdala, I say he was more often on this street than he was in, the synagogue, in our synagogue. Magdala is staffed in part by international volunteers. Sometimes you realize like you know very little of your faith, so this helps you to go like deeper inside and really to live all the things that you can find out in Israel. So. i never been in Holy Land before, so it was taking a huge risk. It was very surprising to see how, what we think about Israel, the Holy Land, and, and coming here and seeing the reality. And that guest house for pilgrims? It opened just recently. 
What's the vision for the future now? We had to make quite a few adjustments because of the archaeological discoveries, which enriched the site immensely, enriched it with meaning. And then by finding a synagogue, a huge increase of the Jewish-Christian dialogue and also the Christian-to-Christian -Christian encounter because here we have a place where we were not divided. So where Providence is going to continue taking this in the future, I think we'll all be surprised, as we are every day. Scott Ross for CBN at Magdala in the Galilee, Israel. That's all for this special edition of Jerusalem Dateline. Thanks for joining us. Remember, you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And you can also access CBN content through our CBN News and other CBN apps. And don't forget to sign up for our email blast so you can continue to receive all of our exciting CBN content. And remember, the God who's watching over Israel is watching over you and me. I'm Julie Stahl. We'll see you next time on Jerusalem Dateline.